What does it mean to leave church and still follow Jesus? How do we rebuild when almost every foundation we've leaned on crumbles beneath us? Where are spaces where gender and sexual diversity are celebrated? And who or where is God in all of that? Today, listen in on Body & Wine's latest conversation between Heather Beamish and myself, Charlie Gray. Heather opens up about her faith journey inside and outside the church and in and out of the closet. This conversation moved me in many ways. I hope you find some nuggets of learning, grace, and or solidarity today and together here on Body and Wine. Please, we're so hungry. We're hungry for more. body of those listening is the temple of the Holy Spirit and together we desire and agree that it is in good health. Oh. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> I was thinking, how do I even introduce you? I'm sitting here drinking wine with Heather. <laughs> There's much less in there. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Very classy. laughs> I don't even know if we ever really knew each other that well. No. Mm-hmm. But there was a summer where our lives overlapped, and I think that your church youth group and our church youth group... Right. There was just a bunch of people coming mm-hmm. from both. Right. Yeah. What, how would you describe that denomination? Um, they're non-denom, non-denominational, but we are closely affiliated with the PAOC, so the Pentecostal Assemblies. Okay. So my name's Heather, and uh, working and living in Toronto... For many years, I was a pastor in Brampton. My mom was a single mom, and like we were living with my dad, and she moved uh, when I was a teenager to Brampton, and quickly got like super plugged into church, Mm -hmm. and just like felt a sense of home and community in like church spaces that I hadn't experienced anywhere else. And I was like coming from like a tumultuous kind of home environment, Mm -hmm. having secure and uh, interested adults in my life was just like, whoa, this is awesome. Mm. Like, yeah, people caring, wanting to pray, people supporting, people rallying was just like really great. Mm -hmm. And so I quickly just dove into church life and went to Bible school and Mm. then came back to Brampton to pastor for years. That wasn't at the same church, was it? Mm-hmm. It was same church. No, that's why. That's why the whole Whoa, when everything so hit the fan, it was like so personal. Because it's like that's the church that I got saved in, and they know you. They know me yeah. for years. Yeah. It's like for years and years. Like when I was even living with my dad, we would come every other weekend and wow. like be a part of the church, mm. you know. And then I, I literally worked there all throughout Bible school. Every summer, mm. I'd come home and work there. Wow. I took a year off after high school and worked at the church for my, like, as my youth pastor's assistant. Wow. So, like, they knew me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Why do they think we don't exist? I know. <laughs> you say it doesn't exist, doesn't exist. Yeah. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Church. We can dive into that if you want, or we can, like... Mama is, like, still super, super Pentecostal Jesus. Mm. And, yeah, I think it's, like, the combination of, um, like, Jamaican and super conservative Christian mm. has made for like a perfect storm it's been a thing We've, it's been a thing yeah it's been a thing yeah yeah because I came out to her like almost three years now mm. and you know I was all I just was thinking that like things will soften things will change yeah and my grandmother mm-hmm. has come around and um, not come around but she's like she's great and tries and is so loving and but mm. my mom is just still like Mm. finding that hard yeah wow so what had happened was there was this guy and he was a youth pastor at another church in the city Mm -hmm. we were dating for three years long time and like he wanted to propose to me within nine months oh my gosh and i was like like, and i just like um even when we were like dating like it just was something that wasn't clicking because i Literally, I dated so many guys all through Bible school. After I just dated, just mm. trying to find because I'm like, there's something missing. It's just like, he's, right, he's You're just not the right one, right, the right guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, really, everything lined up on paper. Interests and passions, and we dated for three years because like we were really good friends, and I enjoyed right. him as a human. Right. 
but in terms of that piece, that attraction piece, it's yeah. kind of necessary. Right. Um, it just wasn't there. Mm. And, like, I opened up to him mm-hmm. and While shared, you were dating? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. While we were dating and told him, like, hey, like, I think I might be gay. Wow. And he's like, don't worry. We can do this. We'll work through. That's your, that's the thorn in your flesh. And we'll work through this together. And he's like, I'm, I'm here. I'm committed. You know, like, come on. Like, who says that? Yeah. He was so, he was committed. Coming from a good place, at least from, at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In his. In his eyes. In his his eyes. Right. Yeah. And so, like, I tried, I went to counseling for a while Mm -hmm. to try to, like, I thought I was just working out all my Mm -hmm. daddy issues in my childhood. Mm -hmm. That's why I couldn't connect with him. Did you view it as something that you needed to fix? Oh, yeah. Okay. 100%. Right. I fasted and prayed. And Mm -hmm. before ever opening up to anyone, he was, my best friend knew for a long time just because she has, she just knew, she just thought it, um, but he was the first person that I opened up to and actually said those words. Wow. I think this is, I think I'm, yeah. Cause I've had a series of best friends yeah. throughout my life that like their friendships were, you know, just like, like on a different level. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it was just like, wow, soul connection. Totally. Yes. But it's like, yeah, those are crushes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was lucky in love. Yeah. But, um, but they were never sexual or physical. No. Yeah. But I would get all the same now that I'm like, now that I have language. Oh, that was just a crush. And so he, we, I tried doing counseling and it was that Christian based counseling. Mm-hmm. And it was sure it was, it was helpful, but it was also very defeating because it's like still not feeling those things. And we would have literally in right. these sessions, you'd be like, envision your life, like feel the joy and passion and connection with him. Like, and it's wow. like, so what are they, like <laughs> they're trying to make you feel sexual feelings for him? Is that what was happening? Yeah. hundred percent. Wow. And so would they try to think through trying to figure out why you felt you were gay and then like they always see it as like a psychological problem yeah because I was like I have my difficult childhood with my my dad mm-hmm. and stuff and so they're like ah yeah 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 that's oh, we why got it. That's yeah why. there there it is yeah so it was just kind of like you go no further like all the trauma of the child of childhood and like inability to connect with men or something mm. now that's Oh. Like, I have, I ended up writing a little poem for my dad, mm. like, just kind of processing through some of these feelings around. I was feeling, um, slighted in that situation because, mm. in a lot of ways, because from my understanding, the role of a counselor, because I went to counseling first when I was mm-hmm. dating, mm-hmm. and then I went to counseling later when I came out to my senior pastor, they sent me to counseling, mm. and this same Christian lens kind lens of. Mm-hmm. but the things that he did in mm. the, our counseling sessions were so broke every single rule like unethical very unethical yeah. we report back to my senior pastor about things that we talk about and give because i'm like i was her staff and the church was paying for my counseling and but it was mandatory in order for me to keep my job as a pastor Whoa. my ex and i had to go to counseling because she was a worship leader and okay in the same church in the same church so that's like, but that was coming. Didn't we're coming okay. Now we're coming to that part of the story. Drama. <laughs> story involves. time. Story time. Yeah. Wow, that's so big. Um, <clears throat> so this is like a little piece. Like I have, I write, mm-hmm. just write little pieces, but this was like a little reflection on when I was in the counseling and they were trying to pin my queerness on the brokenness that I experienced with my childhood. Mm-hmm. So here's a piece. Dear Dad. They told me that it's your fault that I'm gay. That if the younger me had gotten more adequate love and affirmation, I wouldn't have turned out this way. There should have been fewer rules and lots of play, more of you and mom kissing. That way, I would have kept the gay away. But if this formula was true, then I know lots of straight people that should have my story today. And lots of gay people who have loving families but proudly wear their rainbows on display. Dad, even though my childhood wasn't perfect, thank you for nourishing me with your love in this present day. Body and Wine podcast encourages guests to freely discuss their experiences, ideas, and opinions. These beliefs and stories are representative of the individuals that share them. Amongst laughs and bits of wisdom, these conversations can also include varying challenges related to belief and sexuality. Please use your discretion as you listen, and as always, take care of yourself. Mm. It was just kind of like, yeah, I was just reflecting because like, I don't know. My dad is, when I came out, Mm -hmm. my mom, the Christian one, Mm -hmm. was like, 
you can't come home for holidays and like wow. it was it was very like, uh, are you sure you're going to hell like with their immediate responses and when wow. I told my dad yeah. who I had a very strained relationship with all of my life mm-hmm. he was so he's like honey I'm I'm a lesbian too <laughs> like that was his response he's like mm-hmm. I like women I was like oh, that's a weird dad <laughs> he yeah. was trying to like because I was so nervous mm-hmm. and like I, he was trying to put me at ease be like it's okay right <laughs> like look like, okay, we're still good yeah but he's been supportive mm-hmm. and like he's the one who's always just you and your partner like my girls mm-hmm. kind of you know and mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. so caring Showing, and it's just yeah. so what right you know he's not perfect, but right. at least he's he's showing up. Mm-hmm. Literally, my mom has never seen my like. I've been here for like almost two and a half years, and my mom has never. I've never I haven't been home for holidays in like years. Wow! And she continues to like. You can come, mm. but you cannot come and bring your. You cannot come and have a partner. Wow! And so it's like okay, Heather. It tends to be very. I went to Bible school in the states, mm. and it was oh man, very narrow. Yes, gotta be able to like exegete and be able to write sermons and counsel, mm. but mainly just be able to have the information so that you can pass and get Whoa, um, ordained. Really, we just want to have more yeah, like workers in the field, the fishers, yeah, fishermen, yeah. Holy smokes! So, like, even more than really getting deep understanding on the full breadth of scripture, it was very much like let's drill in these core wow. beliefs. Problematic. Yeah. Very. There was so much abuse of power. Mm-hmm. And now, coming from having a greater understanding of my identity as a black queer woman, mm-hmm. I look back at some of the mm-hmm. things that happened in the way that platforms were used mm-hmm. in the name of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, can't help but cringe, cringe yeah. on a, a spiritual level right. at the things. And like, you yeah. are... You have or call yourself messengers and people, men and women of God, mainly men of God. Mm. It's just so such a such a horrible abuse of power, mm-hmm. sketchy use of money. That mm-hmm. was on even when I was in the church. Like that was so hard for me to stomach. I'm like yeah. sitting behind the curtains, yeah, and seeing a lot a lot of the like, misuse of power and money, yeah, and it was just like. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I don't know, like what brings you through that in terms of coping or anchoring or. Mm-hmm. I feel like chosen family community finding community elsewhere i left feeling very shaken and disillusioned because i was so wrapped up like these people were my world you know for years and everything you did everything together and i was always the kind of the star kid but i was i went to bible school and like my grandfather's pastor my grandfather's father's Mm, pastor i was always doing the lineage yeah yeah. and then to be all of a sudden on the outskirts and like not even welcome home it was just very shaking but I got to a place with my own journey that I was like, my mental health, my physical health, like I was just not in a good place. And I was mm. just like, I, this is not the kind of life that I That want. was before you came out or that was, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. At the place where I was dating this guy, mm-hmm. he proposed to me. That was the crossroads. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Because the things I was, I should have been feeling for him. I was feeling for my best friend. Wow. Yeah. And then I was That's like. confusing. Yeah. But I kind of was like, if he had never proposed, I don't know that I would have sped up things yeah. to... Because it made the decision happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I'm like, I can still be a pastor, but I can still be in love and have my best friend. And yeah. We, and then I still have this outward facing yeah. normal head yeah. normal. So it helps. Everyone can make sense of your life. Mm-hmm. And you don't ever have to explain yourself. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Right? Right. It's like, we're just best friends because obviously I have a boyfriend. Yeah. Like, come on. And he, like, he's all star. We're both Christian. Yeah. Like, I'm a pastor. I'll, yeah. Let me pray for you right <laughs> yeah, yeah i have it all together <laughs> yeah obviously all pastors do mm. but if he hadn't proposed to me i don't think i, don't, I wouldn't have been forced to like, break mm. the burst the bubble i couldn't say no because he proposed in front of a group of people whoa and so i didn't want to embarrass him because mm-hmm. i i still cared for yeah. him mm-hmm. but i just wasn't in and then you don't want to have that conversation in front of a bunch no. of other people no yeah right mm-hmm. so he proposed and then I didn't say anything. He's like, you're, this is where you're supposed to say. Oh, I said to him, I was like, what am I supposed to do now? Because he was on his knee, like, oh, like this. And I was like, uh. And he was, you're supposed to say yes and put the ring on your finger. And I was like, ah. And I shoved my finger into the ring right. and I pulled him up. Oh. And he's like, you still didn't say yes. I was like, I know. Well, I whispered in his ear, like, I know. I'll talk about this later. Oh, and then God. we did all the pictures. And Whoa. I was like, Mr. and Mrs. Woo. And then I told him, and then he tried to talk me into getting engaged. 
Mm. This isn't something you should talk someone into. No. I'm like, that's not a good, that's not a good sign. No. I guess I will say what I found was sometimes confusing. Just kind of the whole purity culture thing around, in a way... It's almost good if you don't have those wild sexual feelings because those are the bad feelings. So mm-hmm. for someone that you want to pick as your life partner, mm-hmm. that will build, you know? And so you kind of can put out of your mind for so long that needing to be That's a factor, you know? 100%. Right. Especially because you're trying to avoid it. If you're dating exactly. someone for three years, it's great if you don't feel it and you're not supposed to have sex until you're married. Exactly. And that's honestly why hmm. I think it was... That's why we got by because it's like, ah, da, da. We're waiting. Right. Like, let's let's only go this far. I could put it was. It's horrible now, but yeah. I could easily put that boundary. I think we're getting too close to yeah, the yeah, line. Yeah, let's yeah. just pause right. here, you know, yeah. and just. I'm a pastor. We yeah. need to set a good representation. Yeah, but it's like, man, I'm not really into this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we don't have to go there. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Actually, though. <laughs> But, yeah, poor guy. Yeah. So, But thank God you didn't get married to him. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, how many people... I know many friends who did, you know, and that ends up being a lot harder later on, you know? Not to say it's easy, but... No, I... Just only going to get harder. I would have, if it wasn't for this person, like, if it wasn't for my best friend. If you didn't have an obvious other... I would have. Like, I almost... Mm. Even with having her, I almost... Just because it's like, it was just so, the security and the comfort in mm. him, just, he was so committed and generous and lavish with, he was so kind. He was right. just such a good right. human. Right. You know? And, I and love is so complicated, right? Sometimes you do love that person. It's just in a different way than... That's, yeah. Yeah. And I truly, I did love him and I didn't want to hurt him also. I was like, oh, right. sh- like shit. Yeah. Like, dang, this is a really good guy. And now yeah. I have to like break his heart yeah. and maybe I can make this work or like... Right. Maybe, totally. maybe we can just be happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So honestly, if it wasn't for her, I would have... Wow. I would be married, and that would be weird. So then after that, so you didn't accept the proposal, and then is that when people found out, or? It was before. Okay. So the timeline is I told my pastor in June, Mm -hmm. and he proposed to me in October. Okay. So there was a few months of that. I told him maybe in February. Okay. And then I told my pastor in June, Mm because he was like, no, this is getting to the place where... He was starting to send... The pastor was, sorry, or your... My boyfriend boyfriend at the time. Yeah. He was starting to get jealous of my friendship with... Because we worked Uh, together at the church, and we were always spending lots of time together. And after I told him, he was kind of... Whoa. Yeah. And And did he know about your best friend as being uh, someone that you cared about? We both were straight, so he thought it was just like a sin that we were wrestling with. Hmm. You know? Like Mm -hmm. something that we were giving room for the enemy. Right. Yeah. Wow. So your church wanted you to go to these counseling and stuff that didn't work. Yeah. They didn't get rid of the gay. No. So we tried for months. And literally, like, the contingency for my job after I told my pastor was, you... It's all about appearance. Like, mm-hmm. then they didn't really care. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to make sure. I think, looking back, I think they wanted to make due diligence just to make sure, like, if anything were to happen, that mm-hmm. they did their... They could... Do, yeah, we did our part. We mm-hmm. had our, Yeah. Right. Of course, but they didn't want... But I couldn't talk about it with anybody. Wow. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And, like, all of a sudden, this person who we were... So she was the, the worship pastor and the graphic designer at the church. Mm-hmm. And started out in working came on for the first time as a summer person working with the youth yeah and so like all of a sudden we can't talk at work wow we're co-workers wow. we can't we but it was just so weird it was all so, <sighs> so complicated so toxic so like no wonder your mental health was yeah because i had to continue to keep face and mm. like run services and mm. like continue to be available oh, pastor right. yeah role yeah. model yeah and preach the gospel mm-hmm. but i'm unable to talk about this and going through all this kind of internal blah. right and still at that point where you kind of this is wrong that I'm even feeling this way or were you more and more like I think it's okay that I'm gay no 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 if, wow. and but I was coming to the place of even if like this mm. is a sin I don't think I feel like I can't change this mm. even if this is I might just have I have to choose either God or my own whoa mm-hmm. it wasn't even until months after leaving the church and kind of going on my own little journey of discovery mm. that I finally came to some place of you know like I don't have to hate myself and wow. God doesn't hate me it, yeah it's not an either or situation mm-hmm. yeah. right yeah but it took a while for that 
for that my theology to change for my own view of myself yeah and which was huge and honestly the shame I was carrying and the self-hatred that I was carrying with all that was just it was physically felt relief and lighter after coming to that it was well I was finally could be okay in my own skin yeah that's huge it's huge and the constant worry about getting found out the whole big brother thing right of just who knows what in this community and yeah I was more and more at a place where I was willing to live into my own sexuality as well and coming into that but the whole time being so afraid of just being found out for anything Mm -hmm. kind of yeah Yeah, and then and, and then the feelings a little bit of the feeling like I was faking it in a lot of spaces in my life I think that's part of from the generous space I'm thankful that I got it I got connected to the organization when I did yeah um because I got to meet so many yeah wonderful yeah people. honestly the main reason that I didn't leave I was I took so long to leave my job as a pastor because I loved mm. I like loved the kids I loved I even to this day I don't think I've ever had a job mm-hmm that I've felt more well-suited for. Wow. In terms of my skill set of uh, administratively organized person. Mm-hmm. And so, like, a lot of the systems and planning and schedules and managing different... I managed all the different departments, oversaw nursery and mm. junior high and youth and young adults and, like, all of these different wow. departments. Yeah. As well as all the volunteers and schedules that go with that. Right. As well as creating and producing curriculum for all these things. Wow. Um, and weekly pumping out sermons wow. and mentoring and, you wow. know, just like so much big picture stuff and yet a lot of personal things. At exactly. The same time. Yeah. But I loved it. Like, yeah. I loved, and I loved the fact that there was, I could kind of craft my schedule, being able to connect and actually caring for the youth. Yeah. But it was just such a cool, it was the best job I've ever yeah. had. Yeah. And I loved my kids and I literally had been there for years and was right. journeying with these students. Yeah. Like, very invested. Our families and, probably. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Totally. And so it was just like, I didn't want to leave because I was like, who am I outside of this? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. literally, who am I? Like, this is what you I... You, like, were in your developing years in that church and then, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt called. Mm-hmm. Like, when, I remember having this, like, really pivotal time when I was, like, 18. I turned down a scholarship to go to McMaster for Kines, and mm-hmm. I was, because I was like, I don't feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, ah, I was... I, and so I worked at my church for a year, mm-hmm. and this uh, traveling pastor came in. And you know those ones where they call you out in the service? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I got called out in the service. And it was kind of like, you have a call in your life. <sighs> and it was, but I honestly you resonated yeah. with, like, which I'm, who knows, maybe you did. I don't know. Yeah. yeah honestly, I still can remember that moment was so mm-hmm. key and so mm-hmm. pivotal and just feeling called, not just like an occupation, but feeling yeah. this is part of my destiny yeah Yeah, as a human right to be working in like yeah yeah. and I on yeah so it was just like so complicated when I was trying to Mm. separate myself from that and do so I I now have to like leave all of this not just my community but this like calling that I felt right like are you betraying God or yourself or right like I was all all wrapped up and I couldn't I couldn't sift and discern and which what is me what is not me way too messy yeah who am I (laughs) yeah and then day to day you're still working and you're doing all the things like it's not like you have three months to just take a break and think about it yeah wow you chose to leave yeah I did how long did that take after so I told them in February Mm-hmm. So I told my pastor in June. Mm-hmm. I broke up with my ex in October. Mm-hmm. And then I told my senior pastor in February that I was leaving. Because it was just, you know, Christmas time. It was mm-hmm. just like, and I was, from when I broke up with my, I decided after Christmas, I would start applying and looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. Because I was, I just knew, I'm like, I tried for a few months mm-hmm. being there. And I'm like, maybe I just need to, but then my best friend at the time and I she was just like we can do this wow and I was it took me that long from October to February to kind of like going back and forth yeah. and just oh, can so I? she wanted to leave she did but she hadn't left yet no because we were both working there but she was like I know we can do this like yeah. we can we can have a life outside of this and mm-hmm. like you're gonna be okay mm-hmm. and I found a journal and I was because I was like I was literally remember having conversations like I don't know what I would do with my life yeah what do I even want to be wow. if I'm not a pastor yeah and like I have like like journal of like, we were brainstorming and 
she gave me this card that was like, you can, because I was, maybe I could be a professor and mm-hmm. I still would be able to teach and have, yeah, guide like, people. Yeah, yeah, like all this. And so like just trying to find little embers of hope in the yeah. life after. But um, yeah, it turned out okay. Wow. <laughs> it all worked out. Well, so did she think that it wasn't a sin in terms of her, maybe you don't need to talk about her journey, but just was that like a thing that in terms of her thinking we could do this, was it a little bit more of like a because it's okay kind of thing. Yeah. Or, yeah. She wasn't as... So her... She's Filipino. Mm-hmm. And she went to OCAD. Okay. And so she had been in oh, art school, yeah. art scene in Toronto. Right. I'd gone to Bible school, but she had been a know, little bit more surrounded by... Yeah. And so she yeah. kind of had seen people. And her older sister mm-hmm. is trans. Okay. And so already like, knowing... That, and like her older sister is a Christian. Yeah. And wow. just like, knowing that, like, hey, my sister's lived this life and she's... Yeah. You know, happy and fulfilled and her family accepts her. Because my thing is, like, not only my family, I don't... Yeah, all just, of your support systems or most of them, like... Yeah. Yeah. And so she just kind of was, like, yeah, we can... God still loves us. It's okay. Mm. You know? And mm. way more low-key. But she hadn't... I just was... The Bible. Like, yeah, right. what do I do with, like, my Bible school? And, like, how yeah. can I rap? Like, this is yeah. literally what I've built my life on yeah that's that's a heavy one right what do I do with the bible and my community and my family and my identity and my boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) my job my job my livelihood career yeah holy smokes so wow yeah but it all worked out yeah like and you're feeling good about honestly oh my gosh I'm so thankful body break If you're enjoying what you hear, please consider checking out Body & Wine's Patreon page, patreon.com slash bodyandwinepodcast. Monthly donations of $1, $5, or $25 will help support the costs associated with the project. Either way, please share episodes and our Instagram at bodyandwinepodcast with friends and social media networks. Let's break down those taboos. Oh yeah. You know, there's there's a spectrum and there's yeah. like people are all over and like mm-hmm. but I am like I am very I'm very gay. I'm just thankful. I the way I feel, I can physically remember oh, it was just it almost felt like it was like in me the shame and the mm. like my t- my stomach was tore up. Wow. You should have seen like, I I didn't look good. Wow. Yeah. It, it was it was taking it was taking a toll on, on my physical body. Yeah. Just being able to work through some of that stuff and being able mm. to be me and it's been a journey. Like yeah. I've lost a lot of people and um, not having family, it sucks. What are some things that you did to work through some of that in terms of tools or people that meant a lot to you or thinkers or like Yeah. I don't know, what were some kind of anchors or beacons for you coming? Well definitely now we're well, she's still one of my best friends, but my ex and I broke up. Mm-hmm. But she was she's been the cornerstone in my life. My little Robert like him and I are really close yeah and like he's always been such a just like a positive supportive Mm. person but in terms of kind of reconciling some of the faith pieces yeah um I discovered the liturgist yeah and um from that and some of their conversations they had this LGBT episode Mm. and Stan Mitchell was on it Mm -hmm. and he's an affirming pastor in Mm. the states and I started I got hooked on their podcasts cool. and I just I tore up every single like mm. Matthew Vines and the Reformation project all of their all of the content that's out there for people who gay Christian these intersections right. I'm like I need to know I but I had this really powerful moment where I was at a generous space mm. gathering mm-hmm. and I was kind of yeah I still hadn't I still thought that God didn't I still thought I was mm going to hell you know um but i was at this generous space gathering and this guy was talking and at the end it was just like everyone it was kind of very church vibe that night and at Mm. the end he's like if anyone just wants support or talk to someone or wants prayer come and i remember just sitting there and watching like everything play out because this is the first time i'd ever gone to a generous space thing wow and i was watching these people and there was singing in the background very church service feel yeah and I just remember sitting there and being overwhelmed with like a peace and love and Mm. like I felt a presence you know a feeling of the presence of God in that space Mm. and because of scripture and that was such a core thing I remember thinking about the story the Holy Spirit baptized the Gentiles in Acts and Mm. like 
um, you know, the apostles were like, whoa, 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 this isn't supposed to happen. Like these people mm. aren't qualified to receive. And it's, right. But if God chooses to, if God says it's okay, then it's, well, then I guess we can't argue with God. Right. And I remember that being kind of the moment where it's, whoa, 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 God's not supposed to be here. Huh. Like God's not supposed to be in this room and God's not supposed to be working whoa. through these people. And Those were like separate spaces for you almost. Like yeah. God's over here, queer's over here. And then it was a meeting. Right. In a way. Yeah. And it's, if that same kind of moment, if the Holy Spirit chooses to baptize these Gentiles that aren't supposed to be in mm. the chosen fold, mm-hmm. then if, who are we to argue? And if God is here with in this space where I'm watching literally people, you know, experiencing love and acceptance and community and all these things, and I'm feeling that. Yeah. I'm like, God's not supposed to be here, but he is. And yeah. so if, 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 if she's here in this yeah. space, then... Who are you to say? Like, yeah, yeah. Who am I to say that I... And it was just that, wow. for me, uh, even after all the reading, was just a moment of... Wow. Yeah. Cool. It's and, coming together. Yeah. Yeah. And even though my relationship with church as an institution is complicated and I'm not connected to a space, I feel that was for me healing and closure in terms of mm-hmm. what I needed in terms from my identity and yeah. that I don't have to choose either or. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Cool. It could have its own. Yeah. Mixed and complicated, but at least it's kind of one path now. It's uh-huh. not like two opposing ones. Yeah. And I felt so affirmed in my personhood in that moment. I know that was, that was God just being like, it's okay. Wow. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to fix you. Yeah. Like everyone else maybe, but I'm not trying to fix you. Mm. And that definitely shifted the trajectory of my relationship with Bible. That's a whole different story. (laughs) You know. Huh. So then would you, how would you identify, would you say you're Christian or does that word still resonate? Wow. (laughs) I would identify as a progressive. But the truth is, is the, the, the narrative that I find home in the most is the Christian narrative because that's the one that's, it's just because it's most familiar for me. Yeah. Right. And I'm familiar with the stories. I'm familiar with, you know, yeah. and so in terms of teaching, having, and, yeah, yeah, principle and faith fit the most, but I also physically cringe at I, putting that word and my name together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to say it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't make me. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm spiritual for sure. Progressive spiritual yeah but that sounds so like hootie who i know that's what actually i was talking to someone oh today right before this about this word because in a way for the podcast i mean i use the word sexuality and spirituality because they are broad terms right so yeah they are broad enough that they actually anybody has something to say to them or they're in everybody's lives just in so many different ways right and also not everybody is religious and this is the whole thing because i grew up with that kind of the whole narrative around if someone says they're spiritual then they don't know what they want or they're not uh-huh. committed to anything mm-hmm. or that's just yeah like a wish you exactly yeah then they're not solid anything and kind of it, it was almost always derogatory that whoever is like we're better yeah which i definitely still think i have in terms of <laughs> judgment towards other people yeah. which is funny because i find myself now saying that word and that's kind of in part why i'm so and one of the many reasons why I'm so fascinated by these conversations because I totally respect if people are in some sort of institutionalized-ish faith system. Right. Um, but there's a lot of people who either have never been in that or people like me who definitely were and have moved out of that. Right. But I actually feel like I'm my spirituality is evolving and growing in such beautiful ways. Like, it definitely still exists. It's not like I left it behind when I left church. It definitely thrived and flourished. Right. But the only language I have to describe that is spiritual. Maybe, I mean, sometimes I like to think of it as in terms of just that mystery or the awe or something that's just a curiosity about the world or kind of like holding it in reverence. But I just don't know if our... There's just a lot of people right now, I think, we don't have language to describe. We might be are able to say, I'm not that... Right. But I don't know what to say. What? I am. Right, right. Yeah. And so there's a lot in this podcast is just personal discovery, I think, for sure. Just working through my own stuff. But it's nice because when I left both Christianity and formalized church space, that there would be like a mourning period, which there kind of was. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely been a lot of healing that I've had to go through pretty intentionally for certain areas of that part of my life. But it was also so... Freeing, And I think what I'm grateful for, at least in myself, is I didn't feel if I left one belief system behind that I needed to go towards another one. Now mm-hmm. I'm at this place in my life where I'm actually okay with not knowing, but I don't think that makes me wishy-washy in any way, shape, or form. Right. Whereas that, that I think I would have grown up with as being like a, if you don't care about this, 
then you just care about kind of nothing and you don't care, you know, right. which I'm yeah. like, no, I definitely care about a lot of things. I just don't have a one overarching label for them, you know? Right. Where do you find, um, like spiritual community mm. or how have you created that now in your life? Mm. That's a good question. Before I left organized church, I had already kind of, at least in my own mind, redefined church. Like I went through, you know, years of, well, can I be a Christian if I don't go to church on Sunday mornings? Or what is church for me? And I think mm. I had at least, while I was a Christian, over the years landed on a definition of church as just being, I think, pretty loosely just wherever people kind of are. <laughs> yeah. You know, in a way. And I already was finding... In some ways, church in protests, for sure, or at potlucks or at house concerts. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, or at festivals or at parties or just where my friends were and I were having right. coffee. Like, that was already really feeling like church to me. Right. So then by the time I left Christianity, that just stuck with me. So I think, actually, even this whole, like, body and wine kind of name for this podcast is just because it became so meaningful for me to reclaim communion idea of just being mm. when people just eat and drink together and just do life whether it doesn't have to be alcohol we just share space that's beautiful you know yeah yeah so that's like kind that. of yeah thanks I don't know if there's a label for it exactly but having a really meaningful conversation but not always but now I put a lot of value on just partying and talking about nothing important yeah. that that's just life yeah. and celebrating 100%. and like you know what I mean that's yeah. also not only okay but really necessary at least for my well-being yes. and like 100% yeah relationships and stuff yeah so I don't know I feel I just trust people I think a little bit at least in my core of my Christian beliefs I think I really fed for a lot of years into the fear I just became afraid of everything like afraid of myself afraid of other people afraid of everything that wasn't necessarily completely God controlled Mm -hmm. and if I couldn't understand how God was working or my definition of God, then it just felt too scary. Everything needed to be controlled, you know, which you do see in certain church spaces where you can see leadership getting so and so caught up in that fear. Mm -hmm. And I think over time, I've also, I mean, people do really shitty things, definitely. But more and more, I have faith in humanity, actually. And I see people more beautifully than I ever did when I was a Christian, actually, which is cool. That's definitely has to come out of a place of healing. And And that's taken work. Yeah. I think ultimately, yeah, in terms of finding spirituality or, or basis for morality, I don't think... I would love to, to, over the course of my life, start developing more tradition in my life because that's something I miss, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially because a lot of the Christian traditions don't resonate with me anymore. And actually, maybe some I could do and reclaim, but I kind of feel like I'm at a place in my life where I just don't really want them. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, but I definitely see value and depth of, yeah, just like tradition across friend groups and over time. I haven't really developed that yet, but that's fine. I think that that's going to come. There have been some things, for example, there's this festival kind of space, for lack of a better word. (laughs) Tell me more. Yeah, but it's like in the woods in southern Ontario once a year in June. It's a beautiful space. And it's just, I don't know, a 1, thousand, fifteen hundred people that are just out in this, in the woods. And it's just kind of like one of these like artsy, pretty hippy dippy spaces, but <laughs> really welcoming to everybody. And one of the core groups of friends of, of mine go there every year. And that was actually, I think, one of the biggest influential spaces in my post-Christian walk this ebbing and flowing there's usually like anywhere from 20 to 30 of our really good friends there that come and go over the years but go every single year to this space where there's it's just kind of like a magical forest it's a week long like it's pretty chill during the week that people who go there put on workshops so they're not necessarily always the most professional but it's just the community teaching each other about whatever they want to teach and you can show up if you want you don't have to and we're just like hang out by the pond, swim, flow frisbees, just chill, camp out. And there's like a big outdoor kitchen where everyone brings a food donation for the week. And it all has to be like gluten-free, nut-free. It's all healthy, really beautiful outdoor kitchen space. You have to bring your own dishes. And just Whoa. and there's a calm zone area where you people who are registered massage therapists or like Reiki practitioners or whatever can go and volunteer their skills. So you can go get massages. On the weekend, there's three beautiful stages that are created, but they're all works of art. There's amazing musicians. And anyway, it's just one of these, these spaces where I've learned intentional community, radical inclusivity, radical Mm. self-expression, radical love expressed in ways that I, I don't want to totally discredit the church, but I didn't see in the church very much, you know, or at least to that extent. And that's where I was able to 
fully accept other people for who they were and really like when you talk about full I accept myself and I love that that's where I learned that you know through other people providing that for each other yeah that's real yeah super real so it's beautiful I mean they're like these bubble spaces but kind of the ones that foster you know in some ways some of the ideals that we would want for everyday life so I don't know I think that's become a bit of a tradition is that space in of itself cool anyway so that's been pretty good for my growth yeah yeah but I do feel yeah, I'm happy to say I feel quite healthy. Where I definitely, there was a lot of years where I was like, the toxicity is there or the bitterness and the anger is still really present. And now yeah. it comes and goes, but it's definitely not like the ruler of my life. Yeah. Anyway, so no, I don't have any desire to go back, which is a shame because the nostalgic part of me would love to just like even be in like the youth auditorium. Right. You know? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But it's too, I, I don't know about you, but I feel I'm so in tune with my body after all the work that I've done that I'm just Same. even thinking about it, like steady pink foot. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Today's podcast was recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, covered by Treaty 13. I saw, I met up with a, a guy that I went to youth group with a few weeks ago, and he's now would identify as agnostic mm. and, you know, has gone through a lot of deconstructing and mm. processing time in the church. Yeah. And he's like, let's go. And I was like, well, this is different for you and I. Oh, like, let's these, go to the church. Let's go back. Whoa. Let's go back. There's like a few of us that... And I was like, you know I worked there and I, I'm i now gay. You're right. still straight. Right. Like, this is just different. This is a different, whole different experience. Yeah. Like when I... Yeah. And after I left my... I, like, I haven't spoken to people. Like literally I was iced, ghosted mm. by all these people. The, yeah, it was just, and so I'm like, I don't want, I can't. Yeah, like, no. I can't go back. That's not a safe space. No, not no, at all. No. And so. Especially without, like, any sort of invitation or reconciliation or, like. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And I feel like, and that's exactly what I, the history of Wendy, you, Wendy Gritter, who's the leader of Generous Space. Okay. She was a leader, she was the leader of Generous Space when Generous Space was actually a reparative organization. What does that mean? Re- when people in churches would send gay people to this organization to be fixed, to be repaired. Whoa. So she was the leader. And now is... And Generous Space was that? Generous Space used to be. Whoa, that's the history of Generous Space. Yeah. Holy crap. And But it's kind of like, it's so... It's beautiful knowing who Wendy is now. Right. And what the organization is now. That they were able to transition. And like, just the 180 and oh. just the... And how, how they go to bat for wow. the queer community. Wow. And I have so... I hope... That's amazing, actually. It is. Yeah. And it gives me hope because it's like... It's not like one organization crashed and burned and then a new one came out of it that was totally yeah right same Same leader same leader yeah Uh and so wendy is a very wonderful human Mm. but yeah that would be different because people have used to be in generous space and now and they can now approach wendy and like have those conversations and she can apologize and she has right but like that has not happened with my senior pastor and she still upholds the same kind of belief system and have they ever reached out or anyone from no Hmm. no people that I was literally there in their weddings and you know it's just like and or if they have it's always been under the guise of I'm praying for you yeah or like some people were very rude and like you're going to hell literally one lady from the church her kids were in my youth group and she's like you are ruining my children's lives she's like you need to go back in the closet and lose (gasps) the key oh my god she's she's like this is not okay and I was like what do you you know (laughs) how do you yeah it's gonna be hard to like come back from like oh okay tell me how you really feel (laughs) yeah right but um outside of those kind of interactions i haven't heard from all the other Mm. leadership on staff or other people Mm. that yeah i wonder if i wonder people must not realize how shitty that is like i just you know like in some ways it's mind-boggling to me right if you have friends that you just like I, what do they think you're doing that that was easy for you that that you didn't care about them or just I don't know do they just think that you're off and everything's cool no like, I literally had to because of the fact that I left the church um and moved to Toronto I actually had to come out on Facebook because people were 
talking. I ended up, I was in a, at an event with my partner, mm-hmm. and this person that I used to go to church with mm-hmm. saw us there. I had my arm around her mm-hmm. and took pictures of us and sent them around. <gasps> and then I got up early and oh. I walked back and I saw her and I was like, oh, hey, like, what's up? How are wow. you? And then weeks later, I found out, and she was nice to my face, mm. as they always are. And oh, then weeks so later, yeah. I found out that she had sent pictures when we were sitting down of us together and like, oh. ooh, because there was talk, you know, and my ex and I had both left at the same time, mm-hmm. around the same time, and there was, everyone knew we were really close, but I ended up coming out because I was tired of people like, yeah, whispering totally. and being outed and like not being able to live my life. You know this what, I'll like, say it first, like I'm yeah. here, yeah. And I said, and I yeah. explained that I had a, like I talked about a lot of the, wow. I didn't, I didn't throw the church under the bus completely but I was it was not a good and so people did and still yeah have you ever had youth reach out to you after that or since um some but they did when I came out on Facebook they did this whole uh, a lot of my youth ended up uh they did this cleanup service my mm-hmm. senior pastor went and spoke at youth mm-hmm. uh, that next Wednesday after I posted and was like you know oh, that this- kind of cleanup service it's funny <laughs> like now my frame of reference is literally I literally was like oh like an environmental cleanup I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> I did this like she came out online oh, and now this we is- need to yeah, yeah damage control that's it mm. exactly so spoke at the youth group and did a question and answer time and was this is our stance and like right. this is and not again okay. we covered our bases we tried to support her by the counseling Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. I remember one of my old youth leaders came up came and visited me after I hadn't heard from him for a year Mm -hmm. because it was uh, probably a year after I'd left the church that I posted this Mm -hmm. and came and was all super it was so like hadn't literally hadn't heard from him and he was just are you living in sin I was like why you you really feel so and he's like you know if you want to be together then because at the time, my partner and I were living together, mm-hmm. and he was just like, you can't live together. And, mono- and it's like, like, who are you in my... Yeah. And literally, I could have... I know his parents. Your parents are getting... Your parents are divorced. Your parents mm-hmm. are just going through a divorce. Everyone mm-hmm. knows about it. Right. And you're coming here throwing shade at me. Yeah. And judging... And being so self-righteous yeah. and judging my life. Yeah. And do you find it sick, too, when it's also in those conversations? There isn't a genuine... How's it going? Just right? like, what's great about your life right now? Tell me about your partner. There's no care for no actually how you're care. doing. There's no care. There's that's just the judgment about a certain, the fact that you're having sex. That's basically exactly. it. Like, it's just. That was it. It's, it was, yeah. yeah. Like, I literally haven't heard from you for over a year. Mm-hmm. And now you want to come and pretend like you care about my life. Right. And tell me what to do. Right. Right. I, I literally told him, unfortunately, I, I just, I lost it. I know. I cringed. I think. It. No, you should. <laughs> like, you it wasn't that, like, nah, that's not, like, how, it wasn't, it was definitely a, a like, trauma overspill of just, like, how dare you bear? Yeah, but I think, I mean, okay, I don't know how you reacted, but I also feel just for people who've gone through trauma, we just have to give each other grace for not always reacting in, like, the most, yeah. it's good to work on ourselves so that we can react. I don't know. Graciously. In, yeah, like, graciously or quote-unquote productively or, like, whatever. But that's just not always how anger works, you know. And I would, I would never say that someone like in Palestine who's like freaking out gets a different thing. But like, because their kid was arrested, okay. But let's just have like a calm conversation about this, because it's like you know what, he should be able to deal with this. If you were toxic to him in any way, it's just like a microcosm of like all the bullshit that came from. Yeah, I don't know the system. There's a place for anger sometimes, or it's just not always perfect. I guess. No, and that's the thing. And it, thank you for saying that. Yeah, but like it felt. It, I afterwards I was like. I definitely just unloaded on him a little bit, but, mm. um, like, I just felt so... I, I, Because I was excited to see him, and I was like, oh, fuck, like, someone's reaching out to me, yeah. and then it was under this false pretense of, like, yeah. it wasn't, you don't care. No. And so I was, ah! Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's complicated. I'm trying. I'm trying to let the love be louder than all this hate. But it's hard to stand tall when with their words, they emasculate, they denigrate, they try to negate my place at your table, my place in this pew, my place in the front lines doing ministry for you. They say, I'm told to hate the sin and love the sinner. But with their actions, they cheapen their words and make them thinner. They say, go back in the closet and lose the key 
with each careless slur, throwing further judgment on me. Will I say to them, it's not your table. You don't have the right to block my way. It's actually, it's not your table. You can't keep me out just because I'm gay. It's actually not your table. You don't have the final say because it's not your table. After I've taken time to vent and feel and allow the defenses of my heart to unsteal in stillness and reflection, I find your peace, allowing me to let go of control and just cease, cease striving and defending and trying to prove that I belong, cease performing and cowering and dancing along to their song because your invitation has been extended to me all along. For you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But there is hope, I think. I just know in my own life and in other friends of mine's lives that the people who unfortunately did kind of go through the shit and or were willing to take a stand or do something about it. And that's why in some ways I've been more vocal about things in public than maybe I would have been otherwise, just because there's that small hope of, I don't know, you just don't always know who's watching. And kind of like you said, for all the toxic stuff, there were wins, right? 100%. And focusing on that, maybe. 100%. And I think I remember when I was a youth pastor, there being different students who would come and confide in me on all kinds of different things, right? Mm-hmm. And I oh, I felt also for them, I needed to come. Mm. Like, they didn't know, there was no representation of someone who could be queer and Christian. And when I came to my coming out post, I was mm. very explicit in the fact that I still hold to a faith. Yeah. And I still wow. feel like God loves me. Yeah. And, you know, this is who I am. And my full self is now being lived out before God. And I feel affirmed in who I am. And, like, that was my coming out post was shared and viewed. And, like, mm. you know, like one of those yeah. epic, like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the embodiment of spirituality these days just feels so much more, it's so much more expansive. Since being forced to the margins in the way that I was, mm-hmm. because honestly, I don't know. I was on a track, you know, I was, mm-hmm. my youth group was growing and mm-hmm. I was starting to get asked to speak at summer camps and different things and I was connected. Yeah. And so if I wasn't forced to the margins in the way that I was, yeah. I don't know that I would have the same. I feel like I would have just stayed cushy in that. Yeah. You know, like I could have done all the heteronormative stuff and married and right. Had that stayed in that world and I probably would have. Yeah. I probably would have because it was nice to be on coming from someone who mm-hmm. grew up with not, it was nice to be like mm. on the inside it was nice to finally have yeah. something that was going for me yeah. you know yeah but there's been such a richness that's been added to my spiritual expression mm. being forced to and even seeing Jesus through a different the lens of mm. through seeing how he shared power with the marginalized and seeing how he elevated and used his platform to this kind of experience and this spirituality that I have now is it looks a lot different and probably Mm. would be discounted by a lot of people but right where would you see God in your life now or would you still use that word it's a way more organic Mm. and like I've I've built and found community in different spaces and yeah it's actually broadened because of the fact that my language isn't so tied up with Jesus Bible Christian Mm -hmm. like it's actually made the conversation so much more inclusive for all kinds of now I can share those same experiences with my Sikh friends right and like I can have that with my little my yogis and like all yeah it's just like so much more diverse yeah I can find 
find spirituality and meaning and have an excited, connected conversation about higher power Mm -hmm. with anybody. Anybody that's open to it. Yeah, it's just made it more accessible on the regular. Mm -hmm. And I think because that's who part of who I am still as a human, it comes up. Yeah. And it, yeah. it naturally kind of circulates in conversation. And it's still like something that's forefront. I don't know. Maybe it's... I am sensitive to energy. Mm-hmm. And I am sensitive to some of the principles of the Christian teaching. Yeah. Some of those worldviews I still hold to. Every person is intrinsically valuable. Mm. You know, because because they're human. Right. And that makes yeah. them, period, valuable. Even if they're not Christian? Even <laughs> if they're not Christian. Yeah. 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 I do. Are you ever... Okay, like I think sometimes I feel kind of really grateful or at least can, I don't know, hold value in the fact that I know what it's like to completely be entrenched in one very narrow way of thinking and fully believe in it and operate in it and feed off of it and whatever, for better Mm -hmm. or for worse. And then have that belief system totally change in my life and yet still have me be fundamentally myself. And kind of this journey of being able to see my own brain believe so many different varying things in (laughs) one lifetime and not even in that long. Yeah, I'm only just about 30 years old and was Christian up until not that long ago. So I feel like I can, you know, when I have friends who either never grew up very religious or in any sort of heavy dogma or just like never really subscribe to it, I'll often have people be like, I just don't understand how this person or these people can believe such, you know, quote unquote, crazy things or narrow minded things or unresearched things. And I now I'm at a point where I mean, there's definitely times where I might think that but actually, I kind of I kind of can. Yeah, I get you know, it. <laughs> to go from one worldview to another. Yeah. And that's also what gives me hope a little bit too. Right? Yeah, that actually belief systems can change. The education is so important. And just these kinds of dialogues, so you know, can just not happen enough kind of, you 100%. know, yeah. And I think that that's what just continuing to show up in certain people's lives mm-hmm. that give me the opportunity. I have recently, I had some tense years with because of coming out and all that. Yeah. But just continuing to show up and be friends. Right. It just really, it forces people to kind of no longer those gay, those homosexuals. <laughs> yeah. Know? You're not as much of the other anymore. Right. And I think that that really just living into who I am and like not yeah. and taking up space. Totally. Yeah. You know, just being in my skin, being here. Yeah. It kind of forces people to confront these things that they might, they might not if I just lived in my own little. Mm. And so I think that's part of the reason why I try to stay have like a presence and mm. I, a lot of my students follow me on social media and like yeah you know like cool. even if they're not I've noticed that with mine as well like uh-huh. I see, see them following yeah. sometimes they like stuff usually they don't but I can see them on like the story they're still <laughs> looking yeah they're yeah yeah it's true. yeah feel like that in itself over time it um, decreases the gap the distance yeah. of mm. the camps right you know totally do you find like with your especially with your spoken words this is a little bit coming out of my own self-reflection right now because a lot of your stuff is your well it's like your all your own personal mm-hmm. journey and like whatever not whatever your own mm-hmm. personal journey <laughs> whatever <laughs> that whole thing <laughs> um but is there anything that you feel especially vulnerable to share? Are there things that you were like, I'm not ready to share that part of myself? Does it feel mm. pretty easy to share at this point? So I discovered poetry because I was always an athlete. Ah. And so never those camps, like I never took any writing classes. Right. The stereotypes English. were kind of true. Yeah, totally. And so it wasn't until actually coming out and my first kind of proper writing was my coming at my table piece Mm. where I was just literally processing all the feelings around that around coming out on Facebook and like people and all their reactions and being like ah I don't know Mm -hmm. I'm trying to reconcile and process wow so yes I don't share some of my I have found writing to be so helpful cool and I'm sure you totally right yeah definitely I know you understand (laughs) yes (laughs) so well Mm -hmm. but it's like a lot of the stuff I don't share on that really personal stuff I don't share and do you not share it because you're like I just don't need to share this or is there a fear there or is there people of the world's not ready for it or uh, it's just, just my personal thing yeah I'm like honestly like on the real like I'm a very private person mm. and so like certain things I'm just like that's just too much 
sharing poems, I honestly share it sometimes and just like close my phone and don't look at it because I'm like, fair. Yeah, yeah, I, don't I get that. I know what people oh, like, oh, but, totally. You know, the regret yeah. or that the it's after, so the hangover after. I like, call it, share. oh, yes, I was just going to say, this is the vulnerability hangover. Yeah, I feel like I've actually, heard that so many times. Right? Yes. So, like, there's certain things I'm like, well, no, that's never going to go on social media. Yeah. Um, but it's been such a good... I had the opportunity to go on a tour with this guy. He used to be, like, a evangelical pastor and transitioned to the place where he was an affirming pastor and then got kicked out of his denomination mm. and then is now part of the United Church and created a collective tour to do some poetry stuff. Cool. An art night, a conversation night, and I got to do the poetry. Cool. And have found that putting things into pretty sounding poems is a really palatable medium to communicating some heavy stuff. Right. And, like, I've been able to mm. process a lot of, you know, injustice and talking about homophobia mm. and racism mm-hmm. and misogyny. Like, all these things that if I were just to talk about it, like, yeah. you're misogynistic. Like, that's, <laughs> like, that's pretty ignorant for you to say. Right. Like, it wouldn't be as well received as to be, like, roses are red. Yes, <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, yeah. And these are just my feelings. They're not targeted at you. Right? <laughs> just, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And so I I found poetry to be helpful for disarming uh, people, mm-hmm. and I found it to be such a good tool for processing. Cool, yeah. So and there's a lot of benefit. Yeah, it's so it's the best. But yeah. there's also pressure. I don't know. I feel there's a lot of pressure around it too. Yeah, like creating. Yeah, masterpieces. Yeah, and then the whole like social media thing Ugh, and worse. likes and. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. I feel more and more like I'm landing at this point. Learning to be a woman who doesn't apologize has been huge for me. Or it's okay to be loud. It's okay for not everyone to like you. That's been massive for me to more and more come to terms with. Mm. As well as being queer, as well as being an artist, not being Christian. But where's the level of what I want to express and not hurting other people or assuming that I'm hurting them? And I don't always know that line. You know, if I. That's real. It's like. Right. I don't know. Right? Like, I'm, I'm a whole grown woman. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I'm always. Definitely come to the point if me being queer hurts them, that's not my journey. That's their journey. If me being not Christian hurts them, that's not. Mm, They need to find spaces to do their own work. If they're upset, they can find resources. I'm not doing it to hurt them, right? Right. I think these conversations are super important. Because they're real. They're They're real. These conversations are way more needed than... To be muted, right? Yes. For sure. For all sorts of, I think, pretty obvious reasons. reasons. And, like, honestly, I've been more and more open and, like, more over, as time's gone on, more and more explicit and vulnerable about what happened because of the fact that if it's not talked about, it's just going to continue. Right. Like, who's, it's not safe for me to go back, but I can talk, I can share my story. Right. And my story is not isolated in that context. It's, this has happened repeatedly over. Yeah. And people, they need to be this is not okay yeah trauma is yeah it's it's being perpetrated totally to so to this community faces right in so many different ways yeah and it's not okay yeah and for me to have landed in a space where i'm still okay with kind of okay like i still would say sure christian progressive christian but like is rare most people are like screw the church totally you know and so this conversation happens because they need to do better yeah exactly and the more and more time has passes with like some of the church stuff Mm -hmm. I've been more and more embracing the idea of making some more of it public and I think time softens a bit mm-hmm. yeah. yeah right but then it's like then all that stuff is out there forever yeah yeah and it's like I know it's like are you okay with that if it really stays yeah right I know it's like I'm obsessed with this this artistic process like and I just I mean how many musicians and writers and people out there I think in some ways have actually sacrificed some of their closest I don't know that's something that I'm, I'm more and more coming to terms with but I think is just sad that that's a possibility right anyway that's my own journey too but yeah that but that's real it's just shitty when like what you think is so beautiful also just hurts people that you love yeah and I think motivation has a big part to play in it it's yeah. like if your motivation is not yeah despite oh the journey oh the journey right yeah well, it's so nice to, like, hear... I feel like you dropped so many little pieces throughout this conversation that I'm just... Come back, come on. I want to know more. But, like, this could literally be... Really good. <laughs> but it sounds like there's been a lot of um, similarities in terms of what you've gone through yeah. and, like, your experiences. But also, at the same time, you've processed and, like, landed in a different spot. Totally. Which is cool. Yeah, which is great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think as long as you... Yeah, the biggest thing is just, like, hoping that people... 
who've gone through some of its shitty things is just can discover themselves in a healthy way in it, right? Like, it didn't. and that's the beautiful invitation of all of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's even in the generous space community at this year's retreat made space for um, AAAs, like agnostic atheists and some sort of other A. Sure. Hmm. Ambiguous? Ambiguous. Oh, cool. So like, un- you know, and they made a space wow. for those people. Amazing. Like, knowing that, okay, so your journey as a queer person, queer Christian may have now landed you in this. Right. And like, we want to hold space because the, the point of this organization is to foster community and yeah yeah, to support people on their journey and i'm like that is so cool super cool yeah i haven't heard of that i love that there's a handful of people within the community that were yeah have found belonging there but Mm -hmm. no longer identify with the christian tenants and like they're like yeah you're part of the family. Like, it's not like now you don't believe this Christian thing you have to leave. Right. Exactly. Like <gasps> we'll carve out a space for you oh within this and like that's okay. And yeah. no one's pressuring you to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This this is this is family. This is yeah. community. That's this the is, heaven on earth shit. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> come on. Amazing. Yeah. I feel like those kind of spaces where people are allowed to just be themselves are the kind of spaces that are like I'm attracted to more and more. Yeah. This whole like talk about churches that are won't come out as mm. like either or they're just kind of the gray yeah yeah no, no place for that no yeah i really i know i also kind of feel as long as i have power in the decision i will no longer put myself in spaces where i'm just not fully celebrated and accepted right. you know yeah or if they're toxic i'm not gonna hang out there unless i have to or there's some sort of redeeming reason for me to be there you know again like obviously not everyone can like leave toxic work spaces or whatever but yeah so if, if a church community is okay we accept you you know even though whatever whatever we're not right. going to talk about it that's not that's no longer acceptable for no. love for me like no. that's not that's not no no so it's amazing that more, it's amazing that more and more of these spaces exist or at least i know of them more and more maybe because i'm also in that world but but they're growing out of a demand for us for people who are like no we deserve yeah like i'm not going to no longer sit by where there's no protection and policy around me being around totally where actually it's opposite Mm -hmm. like I'm no longer going to be in that space yeah and the more, I feel like the more and more we don't allow that, the, mm-hmm. the more people are forced to, to consider other, oh, well, we need to do better then. Yes. Like, I'm not going to settle for that kind of no relationship with your organization or... Definitely. And I understand that if that's not where you are, yeah. you're at, then that's cool. Totally. But for me, like, I'm yeah. not... And at least in Toronto, there are more of the options than there might be in, like, a small town or something. There is more for of sure. the ability to choose. 100%. Yeah, but yeah. it's true. And maybe some people are okay with that kind of level of gray area. But, and that's... And that's yeah thing and some people are yeah it's just from the place that i i am not going back yeah like i can't like no. it's just i was there for too long it's pretty bad and yeah. like tried too hard to fit and yeah. i just mm, no. now that i'm free I yeah it feels really good <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah. it's not worth it yeah i know yeah i kind of am like any place that just makes me feel like a better version of myself, sure, I'll be there. And if it makes me feel like a worse version of myself, I'm probably not going to stick around that mm-hmm. long. Like yeah. That's a very simple way of describing it. Yeah. 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 I like that. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. So good. But this is, I don't even know. I don't know what you're doing. Like, this feels so rambly and so like, oh, rah, rah. I think but, it's awesome. I think it's magical. It's magical. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes together. The fun part is like in this moment for all of the interviews so far, there's never been like a clean way to end. <laughs> right. Goodbye. <laughs> That's all, friends. Thanks for being a broad stroke in our rainbow. Check out Heather on Instagram at Heatsbeam. I'll link it in the page notes. And do you have a story to tell? a poem, opinion, musing, to share about anything related to the broad topics of sexuality and spirituality, send over up to 10 minutes of audio recording of your raps, questions, ramblings, knowledge to Body and Wine, and we'll include in our episodes as we are able and at our discretion. Don't know if yours will fit? Don't be shy. Let's chat about it. Send all queries and submissions to the show's email, podcast at charliethegray.com. Gray is spelt with an A. I'll also link in the page notes. And P.S. If you don't have a good mic, don't sweat. iPhones and other phones work great for audio recording in a quiet room. Doesn't have to be fancy, folks. We got you. Catch you later.